Hello and welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team podcast, where we are your very own employment lawyers in your pocket. My name is Simon Allison and I am head of Blackadder's Employment Team. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners and aims to help you navigate the murky and often contentious world of employment law. This is season two, where we're answering your Twitter questions. How to be a good witness. How to give a reference. We will answer these and other questions as fully as we can. Our aim in this season is to answer your Twitter questions from start to finish, making sure you keep in touch with the law. So welcome to episode two of season two. Um, I'm here with Richard Wilson. Hi, Richard. Hi, Simon. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me along. No problem. Happy to have you along. Um, So today the question is how to give a good reference. It's been emailed in by Linda Nelson. Linda Nelson is a partner at Condes. Do you know Condes? I do, yes. Um, So Linda, as you said, is a partner with the firm Condes. They are a firm of accountants and business advisors, and they have offices in Edinburgh and Dunfermline. And my research uh, of the firm has thrown up that they take a dynamic and proactive approach, (laughs) which can help your business grow and prosper. They also have specialist divisions uh, dealing with tax, business advisory, IT and health professionals, as well as wealth management consultancy. Good stuff. And they're really good on healthcare, aren't they too? They're really good in GPs and dental practices. They are, yes, yes. Okay, so the question we asked today is... What advice would you give to employers if asked by an ex-employee for a reference? What do you think about that question, Richard? Well, it's a good question. Okay, um, you think it's a good question? I certainly do, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I think this is the type of area where if you have a good employee who leaves on good terms, it shouldn't really be an issue. Yeah, like like you, for example. If you were to leave Black Eyes, you'd be good, a good employee who'd leave on good terms, I think. Are you... Party to information no, no, that, no, no, that no, you no, should no, be no, worried no, about. No, not at all, not at all. Carry on, carry on. So, but I think problems arise where you have an employee who was um, not very good mm-hmm. and the ex-employer might feel that they've been put in a difficult position about how to approach the reference. Okay. Um, and as you know, we've seen quite recently an employee was threatened with dismissal, sorry, was threatened with a bad reference unless he quit his job. Okay. Um, so I think many people will be unsure about what they should and they shouldn't say, which is hopefully where we come in and provide some guidance. Okay. So you know the score of these podcasts, Richard, they are bite-sized podcasts, which should be more than Cream's Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this the real life? Yeah. I'll spare, I'll spare the listeners my sign. <laughs> okay. But less than Meatloaf, I would do anything for love. Mm-hmm. Album mission. Okay. How, how will I know when the time is up? I will um, do this. Do you know what I'm doing just now? Yeah. Tell us what I'm doing just now. What doing it's just like now? a cutthroat thing. What are we doing just now? Move on. <laughs> okay. Is that too rude? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, general advice about references. Richard, what is the starting point for giving references? Well, there's no absolute duty to give a reference to either a current employee or an ex-employee. Okay. However, if you're an employer and you've consistently given references to previous employees, particularly over the course of a a sort of long period of time then there might be an implied duty to continue providing them okay so they created a right by mistake i suppose potentially absolutely and if you think that you're in that situation you might not even realize that this duty has now been created and exists so i think what you should do is you should just stop 
providing references. Okay. So nobody's required to give a reference. Is that your is that your view? Well, it depends. It depends. Yeah, the dreaded depends. Okay. Um, there may be a settlement agreement in place that you could be bound by. Um, also, if you're an employer and you've got a duty to a regulator, such as uh, in the financial services industry, then you might be bound to tell the truth about this. Okay. Okay. But other than that, no, there's no duty to provide a reference. Good stuff. Okay, that makes sense. So what does the law say about what, what types of reference are actionable? And by actionable, I mean the individual can raise a claim for compensation against the employer. What can the employer provide a reference for in respect of, do you say? Well, firstly, it has to be fair, truthful and accurate. You okay. can't give inaccurate or misleading statements or references. Okay, so you can't give inaccurate or misleading. They are bad. They're very bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Give me, an example, give me an example of an inaccurate reference in your view. Well, how about this? Simon, that's you. Okay, I'm happy with this. Believes that in order to maintain a professional stance at work, he never gets drunk with colleagues. That's now, fair. That's fair. Accurate. That's clearly inaccurate. <laughs> why why do you that, Richard? That's I, not I've fair. I've heard numerous stories <laughs> that you, you always get drunk and you make a point of being the most drunk at every oh, event. Richard, that's not fair. That's not fair at all. Okay. Okay, that's inaccurate, so you yeah. see. Okay. So I think it's important to make sure that if you do give any factual information about an employee, such as their absence record, that you get it right, that you make sure it's accurate. Okay, that makes sense to me. Okay, that covers inaccurate references. Yeah. What about misleading references? Well, as I am the newest member of the employment team of the year, I could say something <laughs> like, I have a 100% success rate in all my employment tribunals. That is accurate. It's accurate, but it is also misleading. How so? Well, I've only been involved with two, and the, my involvement with them is fairly minimal. Come on. So my statement perhaps paints a picture that I'm a, a veteran of countless tribunals, <laughs> which is entirely misleading. Okay, that makes sense to me. So that covers inaccurate and misleading references. Yeah. Now, also, what employers should bear in mind, uh, a recent employment tribunal case. Now, we like we like the law on this podcast. Do we? Do we? No, I won't, I won't get too law heavy. <laughs> okay, but okay. in this case, an employer didn't say anything about an employee's successful eight-year career. Okay. And by not saying anything, the tribunal said that this created an entirely false and misleading impression of their successful eight-year career. Ah, okay. That makes sense. So, so that was a bad thing for the employer exactly, to say nothing. So be careful what you say and what you don't say. Okay, that makes sense. So can an employee complain about reference which is discriminatory in your view? Yes, a current employee can uh, complain about a potentially discriminatory reference, but former employees can also uh, complain about them. Okay, so be careful what you say about former employees, I suppose. That's right. Can I give a reference to Ed Sheeran, let's say, saying, don't employ him, he is rubbish because he is ginger. Can I say that? You could say it. Um, it wouldn't be discrimination, but there you are. It, it wouldn't be very professional either. What? Why but not? I think good thing is it's not actionable. No. You might have him round at your door <laughs> looking for you, but certainly you, not down at the tribunal. Anyway. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, what about Michael Caine? Can I say Michael Caine? You couldn't play James Bond, Michael Caine, because I'm worried about you breaking a hip. Yeah, potentially. If okay. a reference is a genuine occupational requirement, then you may get away with it. Really? Okay. So what, what this means is if an employer can show that it is necessary to have a particular protected characteristic for a job, 
it may not be unlawful discrimination. Okay, so in that case, you're saying if you have to be a man, for example. Yeah, so you could say you have to be a man to play James Bond. Yep. Or staying on the Bond theme. Yes. The actor playing the role must be under the age of 50, which would rule out our 84-year-old friend, Mr. Kane. He's 84, wow. He is, yeah. That's well for 84, yeah. isn't he? he? Well, he's looking, he's getting on a bit now, I think, so. <laughs> Poor Michael Kane. No one's safe. <laughs> I didn't get it. Michael Kane's got it. Jeez. So I think... What, what the sort of takeaway thing is, if an employer gives a reference pointing to the concerns that Mr. Kane, poor Mr. Kane, <laughs> could be too old to perform the stunts required, it's likely this will not be discriminatory. Okay, he's too old, isn't he, really? Let's be honest. Yeah, yes. I'm not sure his Zimmer would look too good in <laughs> some of those shots. <laughs> and his Speedos and his yeah, Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anything an employer needs to think about before they give a reference like this then, would you say? There is three main points that... that they should think about. Okay. Uh, the requirement is an actual occupational requirement, so there has to be some link between that requirement and the job. Okay, so James Bond, Michael Caine, there's a link there, you'd yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, there has to be a legitimate aim for applying the requirement. Okay. So in that case, nobody wants to see an old man hobbling around the screen <laughs> masquerading <laughs> as James Bond. <laughs> Michael Caine, Sorry, stuff. Michael, if you're Maybe listening, sorry. It's unbelievable. Okay, a third point. And third one, the requirement must be a proportionate means of achieving the legitimate aim. Okay, so that's the lawyer base. That's the justification that's, that's, yeah, argument. Exactly. Okay, so the best idea is to give a factual reference, you would say. Probably, yes. Okay, so, so let me think. What, what reference would I give for you, let's say? You could say Richard worked as a trainee solicitor between yes. 1st of September 2016 and now. That's accurate so accurate. far. Yes. His duties included giving employment law advice. Correct. Resisting tribunals. True. Successfully. So Successful, far. good. Uh, making Jack's peppermint tea in the morning. Mm, that's accurate. Yeah. And... Fetching Simon's medium skinny latte at lunchtime. <laughs> you never do that. Accurate. You never do that. You don't have it yet. Okay. So basically, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Is that right? That's it. Ronan Keating couldn't have said it better himself. Come on, let's hear it. No, I'm not going to. Oh, come on. But he did say, you say it best when you say nothing at all. I love it. Well done, you. Okay. So that covers episode two. Um, what are three takeaway points today, Richard? One. No obligation on an employer to provide a reference. Okay. But if they've consistently done so, an implied duty to continue providing one may have been created. Okay. Yeah. Point number two. References must be fair, truthful and accurate. An employer may choose to give brief factual references. This could minimise the risk of litigation, but make sure the facts are correct and ensure that you give the same type of reference to all employees. Okay, that's point number two. What is point number three? The big drum roll for the last one. <laughs> okay. Think about whether a reference that you give could be challenged as being discriminatory. This implies equally to current employees as it does to ex-employees. Um, so if you get rid of an employee, they're not out your thoughts for good. Okay. Think about any reference that you might give them. Um, there is a sort of defence, if you like, mm -hmm. or... A caveat to that, if there's a genuine occupational requirement, um, but if you're going to be relying on this, seek legal advice as it is quite a technical area of law. Good stuff. Well, that covers our three takeaway points. So that covers our episode two. Mm -hmm. We're within the time limit before Meatloaf finishes his first song. Well done for your first podcast. How'd you get on with that? Happy with that? Happy with that. Happy with Michael yeah. Caine's performance? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Poor oh. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dear Michael. Okay, well, thanks for listening. We hope you find that useful. If you'd like to get more information on how to podcast, please subscribe to other episodes on Employment Lawyer in your pocket on iTunes. Or if you want to speak to us directly, we always welcome... Do you welcome? Absolutely. Interaction. Yeah. We always welcome Twitter interaction. You can email us at at Employer Simon or at Employer Rich. Do you want to spell Employer Rich? Yeah, it's uh, at <laughs> E-M-P-L-A-W-Y-E-R-R-I-C-H. Well done, you. Good yeah, stuff. following. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, cheers and cheerio. Thanks for listening. If you have a question for this season, please tweet us using the hashtag employmentlawyer in your pocket. Hashtag E-L-I-Y-P. Elip. Or you can follow me or Richard at Employer Simon and at Employer Rich. If you want help with your slackers, call Rich at Blackadders. Cheers and cheerio.